What's up, everyone? Welcome to Locked On Bucks. And uh, there's no other sporting event you need to worry about happening today. So we are going to be talking Milwaukee Bucks basketball because we are now officially on the road to the postseason. The trade deadline is in the rear vision mirror, but we do have roster stuff to talk about with the Bucks. We've got an injury update on Pat Connaughton. We're going to talk about Goran Dragic. We're going to talk about Gary Harris. Maybe Justin has some other guys that he wants to discuss as well. But the point being, we think there is going to be moves coming up here for the Bucks. We're going to break some of them down and then look ahead to a game with the Portland Trailblazers. So let's go. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me from the Bucks Radio Network, uh, regular co-host on this show, everyone knows this man, Justin Garcia. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Of course, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single weekday. And uh, you may have thought that we weren't going to podcast today, but uh, Justin, I know you're my guy when it comes to Sunday nights. We know this, and it doesn't matter whether there's a Super Bowl going on. I can still send you a text. Hey, you want to talk about the Bucks? I said, why not? What else am I going to do with my Sunday night? Yeah, um, I think we've talked about it before, too. I, uh, especially once the Packers were eliminated, I just had not even casual interest in the remainder of the playoffs for the NFL and uh, being around the team and following basketball as closely as I do, I'm already extremely casual with uh, my NFL following. So it, it, this may be more than any other year was the lowest amount of incentive I had to watch the Super Bowl. Well, I am a little fired up this week and i'll probably be a little bit more fired up next week once the all-star uh break is out of the way because then i will truly feel like we're on the road to the postseason here but let's not lie i think for everyone you you have the high of the postseason run last year that the bucks have we're doing these podcasts everyone's fired up you win a title the nba season is a grind and i'm looking forward to get into the part where we can say okay the playoffs are around the corner here we are about two months away the bucks have three games by my watch, but it's a four game. Uh, how many games we got here before the all-star break? Three, three games. games, three games in four days, Portland, Indiana, and Philadelphia. So certainly the Portland and Indiana games are ones that they'll think that they can win and they get a nice little stretch here at home. Uh, but we do have injury news and this is, this is pretty important. You talk about role players last week. Lucky we had that podcast last week, uh, praising Pat Connaughton for everything he's done for this team, Justin, because uh, we mentioned on our last podcast before the weekend, obviously he suffered the broken hand. So he is going to go in for surgery. As we kind of said, this isn't an injury, particularly for your shooting hand that you want at any time, really. Like it's just a pain in the ass injury. He'll be able to stay fit and run around and do all these types of things. His legs should be fine. But just in terms of losing rhythm for a guy that's been shooting the ball so well, uh, it's going to be an extended absence for Pat. 
but the timing of it means that we should still feel pretty confident that he's going to be back before the postseason. Yeah, and um, I, I didn't hear after the Suns game if you and Frank speculated on the duration, but I think just playing Dr. Google, we all went to see, okay, how frequently has this happened and what what's the usual timeline. It all hinged on whether or not Pat would have surgery, how long he would be out that really shave a week or two off of his recovery. Uh, but he is having surgery and it matches up with, I think we all kind of saw the ballpark of best case scenario a month, worst case scenario, six to eight weeks. And it there's no clear timetable, but by saying they're confident he's going to be back before the postseason, that would put you right around late March, uh, putting us at that six week time period. So uh, yeah, I mean, the real bummer of it is, you know, number one for it to occur on the day that you trade Dante DiVincenzo after you and I just spoke up Dante DiVincenzo and everything that he brings to the team. Uh, So for it to occur that same day, but also the fact that it's his shooting hand and I mean, yeah, great that they hope to get him back before the playoffs start, but it's probably not a long runway that we're talking about a week or two of regular season time that he's going to have that right now your focus is just, I hope this doesn't really impact the shooting and I hope he has enough time to kind of knock off some of that rust and get back into the swing of things going into the postseason. Yeah, and as many people pointed out, and you just mentioned Dante DiVincenzo, obviously he moves on. And regardless of what you think about him and everyone that listens to this show regularly knows, I still think that he is going to be a valuable role player in the NBA. I think that he did bring something to the table for this Bucks team, but it's the double whammy on when it happens on the same day. And... Yes, not a guy that's really played great basketball this year, but you also shipped out Rodney Hood, who was a guy that did give you 10 or so minutes from time to time. So uh, now the Bucs find themselves in a situation where, well, Jordan Warrior, you're probably going to get a chance to play here for the next couple of weeks, depending on what happens rotation-wise. We are going to get into that. Uh, We should mention Greg Munro right now as we're recording this podcast. Uh, It's uh, around seven, eight days on that first 10-day we know uh, we'll talk about Serge Ibaka a little bit more uh, later in the show as well. But I don't know. I mean, depending on who they can bring into the roster and make those additions, I'm not sure if there's going to be a second 10-day there for Greg Munro. But either way, he had a couple of fun moments at the start. It was kind of nostalgic to see him back playing for the Bucks. Had a couple N1 calls, which, of course, we loved. Uh, and then there was also some moments where you say, okay, yeah, I mean, he's not really going to play. And I don't know about you, that Suns game, it was interesting because – I did see a lot of people saying, well, the Bucs are just playing so small. Why don't they just put Greg Munro out on the floor? And to me, I looked at it and kind of thought to myself, well, I think Bud probably knows that there's not much to be gained by throwing Greg Munro out there. He knows that what he's going to be able to provide to this team defensively in this game in this moment is probably not going to be all that positive anyway. So why does it matter? We may as well play the guys that are going to be here in the coming weeks. We'll see. That was just sort of my thought process through that uh, game there. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that we went from last year with a lot of the discourse over the the overused term of unplayable for, for Brooke and for Bobby in the postseason where it was, well, you can't keep him on the floor. I mean, it was just, you can't have him out, out there for extended periods. And then we go from that to why aren't we playing a traditional center and why aren't we playing Greg Monroe? I, I mean, the regular season game, sure, if you want to throw him out there, in a blowout to the Phoenix Suns just to eat up minutes. I'm fine with it. Um, But yeah, it it wasn't going to have any big impact on the game. I think we're aligned on, I don't really know if he'll get a second 10 day. I mean, 
I think part of that just depends. numbers. He might just fit roster well, numbers. Well, that doesn't count against it. I mean, they would have to um, upgrade him because they still need to add two players in the next yeah. 14 days or less than that at this point. Um, but, I, I mean, I think it may depend on how much you use Serge Ibaka and what he looks like early on, but you're also getting eight days off, even if you feel like we want to work Serge Ibaka into the mix a little bit you have a back-to-back coming up here where you would utilize Greg Monroe, and then you have an extended break of eight days for the all-star break. So that's going to help him out as well. If you want to be very cautious with him. So I would lean towards, this is probably it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they added him to a second 10 day. I think that's the limit. I don't see Greg Monroe being one of those guys that they retain for the remainder of the season. Uh, the, the, the real discussion and questions are over, those two spots that we just mentioned they have to fill in the next two weeks, who are they going to add? Because there's one name that's coming up quite a bit, which I'm frankly surprised by. Uh, I wonder what Axel Tupan is up to. Um, <laughs> maybe he's hanging around. Maybe he wants to come. Maybe uh, English back? No, I mean, there's plenty of guys that they could bring into this team. Let's get into some of these names, uh, but I need to get myself uh, I, I need to get myself fired up for this, which means I need to do a built bar. Uh, ad read long time sponsor of the podcast we know everyone loves built bar i love them justin loves them if you haven't tried built bar yet then you're making a big mistake yet particularly the puffs if you haven't tried the puffs you are missing out on one of built bar's best tasting bars puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they are a treat and they're covered in 100 real chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamony churro <laughs> coconut marshmallow <laughs> oh my goodness banana cream pie it's also good these are going to be your new favorite all built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate yes puffs included there's 100 real chocolate and they're still healthy for you i can't figure out how they are but that's how good built bar is 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of po- protein Pair that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Uh, just try it out. Use the promo code LOCK15 at built.com and they will sort you out there. Uh, like I said at the top, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, of course, maybe you do want to go check out Locked On Packers. They'll probably be recapping. Uh, the Super Bowl and what it means and what Aaron Rodgers is doing. I don't know. If you're into that, listen to it after you listen to Locked On Bucks. Justin, you said something interesting at the end there. A name is surprising you that's come up in talks. Please elaborate. Well, um, it's not surprising me that it's coming up with the Bucks having interest. It's surprising me that from the sounds of it, it's at least a mutual interest in that uh, Goran Dragic obviously is the name. And I mean, that in my mind should be the number one target for the bucks that you just go full core press. He can help you out as another ball handler. He can be a scorer off the bench. We've seen what he's done in the postseason. He knows, uh, how to play in those situations. So that would be the number one get in my mind. Um, but look, I mean, everybody kind of assumed the bucks would be a big target for him the Dallas Mavericks were probably going to be the number one suitor. It made a lot of sense given the relationship with Luca. But when you look at the Mavs, uh, they didn't move Jalen Brunson. They still want to extend him. They bring in Spencer Dinwiddie. So you, you look at it and you say, I understand there's a relationship with, with Luca, but 
you're not really going to play a whole lot here or you wonder what the role is. And if that's the case, fine. But you really want to chase a ring then. And no disrespect to the Mavs, that's just not the case. I wouldn't lump them in as a ring-chasing team. The loophole of it was he wasn't bought out. He was traded and then bought out. So he can go back to the Miami Heat, and he's currently still living there in Miami. So once that trade happened, I kind of viewed it as, oh, crap, here we go, and, and assumed it would be shortly thereafter that we saw the Miami Heat have agreed to a deal with Goran Dragic. So the fact that the Bucks continue to come up really surprises me. It's not I'm not surprised that they're interested, and I've seen people already saying, I don't want to root for Goran Dragic. That's nonsense. He, he would help the team. So you should want to root for him. Forget about the way you felt about him in a Miami Heat uniform. Um, but I'm surprised that he seems to be entertaining it and that it, it's not already a foregone conclusion that he's going to join the Miami Heat. Yeah, well, this was something that I brought up again towards the end of Friday's episode. Typically, there's a couple of things that the buyout guys need to work through in their own mind. The first is, uh, where can I win a ring? And it, it depends how much you think you have left in the tank in terms of where you want to go and opportunity wise. And then obviously that opportunity is the other main part here. And the Bucks kind of tick both of those boxes. If you're a guard right now, you look at the roster and say, okay, well, many people still think the Bucks are the, the favorite to come out of the East. Who knows where that happens? We know a lot can happen in the postseason. But uh, the other part is that you're going to get to play. The one guy that I always bring up in this scenario, just to to bring an example of of where guys can make surprising decisions because if you are at the age that that certainly Goran Dragic is he's 35 he's going to be turning 36 in May so he is older if you yeah. look at a guy like Wes Matthews going back a few gonna, years ago I was going to say is the guy yeah I was yeah. going to say is the example you're bringing up currently on the Bucks. yeah because there was a lot of teams that had interest in Wes Matthews and I just remember at the time that he went to Indiana and it's like, why yeah. would you go to the Pacers? They can't win the title. But why he went to the Pacers is because Victor Oladipo was injured Oladipo at the time. Injury. He was going to start and he was going to play big yeah. minutes and potentially uh, earn himself some money. Now, he didn't really get himself to a position where he did earn one last big contract or anything like that. But the point being, I don't think that that's what Dragic would be playing for at the age of 36. So to me, the question with Goran Dragic, and I agree with you, like, yes, some questionable acts in the past who cares if he wants to come to the bucks i think he's a good player i think he can help the team right now which as we've discussed in the buyout market isn't always the case now is he washed that's the question that we have to try and get to the bottom of here now obviously you take a punt on him but the question of whether he'll be a major difference maker or just a guy that you add who knows of course i think the bucks in addition to dante divincenzo being gone pat Connaughton being injured there's a question mark over george hill and his yeah. you know, long-term health status moving forward. So Goran Dragic was awesome in the 2019-20 playoffs, uh, as Bucks fans know firsthand. He, he torched them in that series in the bubble there. For that whole season, though, it was kind of an outlier season in terms of some yeah. of the numbers. I mean, he was incredible. 67% at the rim that year. That dropped all the way back down to 56 uh, His three-point percentage last year was still fine. He was around that 38% mark. He was still... Pretty efficient in the mid-range in the 40% mark there. But it was his ability to get to the rim and score that really fell off a cliff. So that would be – that's that's noteworthy because that is what makes him such a crafty scorer. He's not necessarily a big assist guy, but he can get into spots. He can get uh, cause the opposition defense to shift a little bit there. So that's the big question in terms of him as being that scoring guy. He's obviously going to be crafty. He can shoot a little bit, but does he still have that type of – 
juice left to get to the rim and be that guy that uh, that we saw firsthand a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's um, he's basically a, I think like a thirty six or thirty seven percent three point shooter in his career. I think the the effective field goal percentage is around fifty one percent too. Um, the last few years he's been pretty consistent there, but I, I know he was playing a lot of minutes in Miami, and and you look at what you would reasonably expect from him coming in here. Once you get to the postseason, probably fifteen to twenty minutes. So the yeah. whole is he washed? We don't really know because I didn't think, and I just pulled it up now. I didn't think he played at all this year. That he basically had the Andre Iguodala treatment, but he did play five games yeah. for the Toronto Raptors earlier in the year. And then uh, they deemed it personal reasons. And then he's just been away from the team since. Um, but, you know, for 15 or so minutes, I think he'd be more than fine to do what you're asking him to do. And that's basically run the offense with that second unit and just be one of the primary scores when, um, when when the Bucks call on the bench, because even with that Pat Connaughton absence, I don't know how much that really would change it. That I agree with you. The point that you look at two things when you're in the buyout market, you either chase a ring or you look not necessarily to be the star, but where am I going to get the most opportunity for um, my next contract or to just showcase and, and have a role and not just be somebody that you know jumps on board and doesn't really play kind of like what Glenn Robinson did with the Spurs way back when. So um, this team, I do agree that they they kind of check off both boxes. Uh, the Pat Connaughton injury certainly helps it. I don't know how much it would really change the role for Goran Dragic all that much. I mean, it would add a little bit more. But, I mean, he gives them, would potentially give them something they just don't have on the roster other than if for some reason unforeseen Serge Ibaka ends up starting and, and Bobby Portis goes to the bench or if Brooke comes back. Bobby's really the only other guy they have that you would look at and say, this guy can fill it up and score in bunches, you know, in, in limited minutes coming off the bench. Goran Dragic can do the same. You don't expect it consistently that he's going to play 15 to 20 minutes and score 15 to 20 points, but he has that ability to do it. And they just have lacked that all season long. Uh, so to me, that's the biggest thing that he would bring And also it, it kind of goes to the conversation we've had, centered around a few players a couple of times the last few years, he would help you and he helps you doubly by not only giving you that production and checking off those boxes you're missing, but he's not going to a team that you're competing with where he could bring that same impact, whether it's Miami or Philadelphia is going to need to fill out the roster and find some of those bodies as well that uh, you, you, you want what he's able to bring and you also don't want to have to go against that. I'm only a little bit skeptical of the fact that he would come to Milwaukee just based on, as you pointed to, uh, perhaps some of the more attractive options, whether it is a personal connection in Dallas or just Miami, the familiarity there, unless he is somewhat being put off by the fact that he was traded. You don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe that bothered him as a, as a competitor. So if you're a Bucks fan, you're hoping that's the case. Yeah, I don't get the sense that it is just based on you know, some of the, the guys that cover the heat and seeing some of the things that they've said that – I get the sense that there's still a pretty good relationship between Goran and the Heat, and and they maybe uh, prepped him for this as as part of the contract they gave him last offseason when people looked at it and said, "Man, you're you're giving Goran Dragic that much money that this was probably a hey, just so you know, 
you would be the guy that we would have to move on from if that were to be the case. But we'd like to find a, a way to bring you back if we do have to do that. It's also just strange that he didn't want to play in Toronto because that's a pretty good team. It's a pretty good opportunity, yeah, to showcase yourself and and to build up that value, yeah. Anyway, I probably wouldn't bet on Dragic ending up in the Bucs, but he's certainly near the top of my list of guys. I would be pretty happy if he chose to come and play for the Bucs as well. But uh, speaking of betting, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops for all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, and where and which coach is going to be fired next? Jeez, that's dark. Uh, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions that BetOnline where the game starts. What about Gary Harris? Now, this guy is interesting because uh, he doesn't fit the bill of your typical buyout guy because he's kind of in his prime. He's only 27 years old. He would be a young fella on this Bucks roster if he, uh, if he decided to come across. And Gary Harris is interesting. Again, one of those guys that you do feel kind of comfortable as far as buyout guys go, that he could come and, and probably play a role. He's actually been playing a, a fair amount for the Orlando Magic. Now, I understand no one watches that team. I don't either. So have I watched Gary Harris this season? No, I I haven't. I'm not going to pretend that I have. But he's been playing 30 minutes per game, getting you to 11 minutes per night, 38% three-point shooter. Now, he is a guy that kind of sticks to the corners. He's he's 29% uh, above the break, and he's around 42 43% uh, from the corner. So he can do that, and it's all catch and shoot. Any type of pull-up threes, the numbers are are pretty ugly. He's going to be a guy that Giannis will be able to find if he was out there and knock down those threes. And he doesn't get to the rim a lot, but he's 65% at the rim. Gary Harris, can you provide any other uh, intimate knowledge of the Orlando Magic and Gary? Yeah, I've seen him maybe five times this year, and three of those were uh, when he played against the Bucs. Okay, what is um, wrong with you, and what were you doing on the other two occasions? This is really weird behavior. Uh, one of them was definitely a Brooklyn game earlier okay. in the year. I don't remember what the other one Okay. Uh, what the other one was, but I've seen him a couple of times. Um, oh, the other one was, uh, I think it was a Hornets game where he actually had a pretty good game because I remember watching um, basically anytime Lomelo's going off, watching those games. So, yeah, I've fair, seen him a couple fair. of times. Your uh, your assessment is pretty spot on that he's pretty much at this point sticking to the corners. I don't know how much of that has changed from his days in Denver because I wasn't really watching Gary Harris closely with the Nuggets those years ago. Um, but yeah, that, that's what he is. Now that does kind of fit into some of the Bucks' strengths this year that they've become much more of a catch and shoot team. And, you know, Pat Connaughton certainly has the ability to slash and get to the basket. But when you think about what he's been doing primarily, it's been Pat Connaughton with those deep above the break threes on the catch and shoot or in the corner. So he would fill out that role nicely. My only hesitation with Gary Harris is, you know, every year we get at least one of these guys that you look at and you say, man, where is he going to end up? And the player just never gets bought out. Uh, last year it was Otto Porter Jr. and or, or Thaddeus Young, one of the two. Um, I don't know that Gary Harris is getting bought out. Like we haven't seen any type of concrete reporting that, yes, the Magic are going to buy him out. 
And he's the one guy, him and Goran Dragic, I guess, uh, that everybody's pointed to. Man, Gary Harris, he fills the role with another wing player and, and can fit that Pat Connaughton role. But we always have that instance where this guy that seems like he would make sense for so many teams, the other team just doesn't do it and he, and he remains there. And, and for you know what you pointed out too, he's playing a lot for the Orlando Magic. Now that doesn't really matter because they're going nowhere and they have no incentive to go anywhere. Um, but I, I just, I'm waiting to see any more or any one piece of concrete reporting coming out of, yes, the Magic will in fact wave Gary Harris. Because right now, I mean, I understand it's speculation with most of these guys, but you get the sense of people are hearing that, yes, they're going to work on this. Like Goran Dragic, we've known for a while, even though it's a different team. Gary Harris is, is just seems to be ambiguous, that I'm waiting for one piece of evidence that would lead us to believe the Magic are going to do this. Yeah, that's why trying to predict earlier on in the season buyout guys is so difficult because I, I for me anyway, I personally don't typically look at anyone under the age of 30 because it's it's, yeah. it's likely, or a lot of the times it's those veteran players uh, that we'll see. Uh, one name that came up in uh, the DM this morning with uh, Frank and Eric and Mitchell was Dante Exum. Now, this is just purely biased. He's got a, a contract with Barcelona. It uh, expires February uh, 28th, end of this month. I personally, I don't think that I would want to put Dante in this position of going to a contender where you're all of a sudden expecting to play. I think he needs the easiest way back into the NBA system. But I've seen that name mentioned on Twitter a little bit as well because I think we are likely looking at guards. Eric Bledsoe, obviously another familiar player. I don't think Portland is. I think they've basically given the impression that they're not going to buy out Eric Bledsoe there. But who knows? We'll yeah. see. But but I, but I think the guard position is obviously where I'm looking at at this point, of course, there will be people that will talk about guys like DeAndre Bembry. I'm not all that excited about him. He maybe could fill some minutes here for the next couple of weeks. But again, I don't see him playing uh, in the playoffs unless something's gone wrong. I, I don't see that many minutes out there on the wing. So we'll see what happens here over the next uh, probably week or so uh, when these guys start to become available. Yeah, and the uh, I mean the Gary Harris thing, too, He's as you pointed to, he's 27 years old. He's on a $20 million expiring deal that guys in that range, and you pointed to the number 30. He really got paid, huh? Yeah. And, um, and that was, uh, that was the, that was the Denver deal. Um, Guys, I I look at around 30 as well, because, you know, a guy in Gary Harris's spot, if you're the magic, it's either you're giving up a lot of that 10 ish million dollars that we owe you for the remainder of the season, or we'll just eat the money and keep you because we couldn't find a way to trade you. I mean, why do we just, all right, we'll, we'll pay you 75% of what we owe you and let you go latch on and win a title elsewhere for, unless it's an agent that he, that he has that you want to work with in the future. Those are the instances where you see them come to a, a mutual parting of the ways, but with the young guys, it, it's usually all right. Let's let's see what you can give us here for the remainder of the twenty or so games that we have. The other you mentioned Dante Exum. I don't know if you talked about this uh, early over the weekend, but the Zach Lowe report too of you know before I don't know how much the Serge Ibaka move changed things, but uh, Zach Lowe said I think Friday that he was hearing the Bucks were very interested in Marcus Sol and bringing him back over from Barcelona and wasn't sure where that currently resides. So. You know, to me, if that is not dead and you've brought in Serge Ibaka and all of a sudden Marcus Sol is back on not a buyout deal, but Marcus Sol just rejoins you down the stretch before March 1st. If that were to happen, I mean, it's one thing to have depth, but I don't know what that says about the future of Brooke Lopez for this year. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, this is just me speculating, but based on what we saw in Los Angeles last year, and maybe it was just a bad situation, but when they brought in Andre Drummond and Marcus Gasol wasn't very happy, I would be very surprised now if he looked at the Bucs and said, yeah, that's a team I want to come back to America for and play for because I just don't see uh, that the opportunities are going to be there with Serge, uh, particularly in Bobby Portis and Giannis, who you know is going to play some five, and yeah, maybe Brooke Lopez. So I, I don't, I mean... It's not surprising to me that they were talking to him and interested, but now that the Serge Ibaka came in, uh, that would surprise me. Yeah, it's not surprising that they would kick the tires on it, but I think the 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 gist of it from Zach was you know, the Bucks weren't really sure if he really wanted to come back from Spain and play uh, as soon as their season wrapped up, or if he was just kind of cool with oh, the team's interested and yeah, maybe. So in the meantime, they know, Hey, we got to do something. So you go out and you get Serge Ibaka. So I would be surprised if anything else came from that, but just seeing the initial reporting of, Hey, they, they did check in on Marcus. So was, Oh yeah. I forgot about that guy. Uh, so speaking of uh, guys that might make an unlikely appearance of the Milwaukee Bucks, Serge Ibaka, I would have had in that category. Uh, he might play tomorrow. Well, today, as you're listening to this against the Portland Trailblazers, that game, 7 p.m. Central Time. So, of course, we'll be back after that to wrap it all up. And, you know, I put Serge Barker in the in the category of guys that I think it's fun to see him playing for the Bucks. I mean, this has been a, a highly, highly entertaining player over the course of the last decade. And, yeah, I mean, he did some pretty good stuff against the Bucks in 2019 in the postseason. He's not really that guy anymore, but I think... It's reasonable enough to have some hope that he could be some sort of uh, valuable contributor in a minimalized role. So I'm looking forward to seeing Serge whenever he gets on the floor for the Bucks, and looking forward to this game against Portland. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him, and I think part of it is hopefully you get Brooke Lopez back, but you've gone this whole season with Brooke and or without Brooke, with Bobby and Giannis and Sandro basically filling out your front court. So it's not as though you're asking him, hey, come save us and and come start and play 30 minutes. So uh, if you get Brooke back, you can be even more liberal with how you use him. I have seen some fans salivate over, man, can you imagine a a, a, a Baca and Giannis and Brooke lineup? And let's let's slow down. Guys are not going to do that. Um, But to me, the big takeaways were, number one, the nickname that I've already seen start to catch on of Serge Ibaka, and, uh, I mean, how should we feel about the fact that they've given Serge Mamadi's old number? Did that? Yeah, he's going to be wearing 25, so. Well, uh, you know, who knows? He might uh, go down like Mamadi as one of the, the future legends of the franchise that never and was. By we'll the see. way, Mamadi, I guess we can mention on the buyout market, too, as he was released. Yeah, look, if there's a spare roster spot, there's no one else there. Uh, bring it back for the content, I say. Bring it back for the content. He was a star of all the behind the scenes, uh, whatever they call it. I can't remember what they call it, but he was a star yeah, of the all, all access. The all access, exactly right. So uh, we'll wrap it here. Make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. Your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling will probably tell you about all the money they won uh, in the Super Bowl. So that'll be an interesting listen. So go listen to those guys. We'll be back after Bucks in Portland, as I said. Uh, good to have Bucks basketball back. A couple of days off, back at home, in their own beds. Hopefully, feeling comfortable and hopefully going to pick up a couple of wins here in the lead into the All Star break. So we'll leave it there for Justin and myself. Catch you guys after the game. <laughs>